0: Hi, my name is Stephen Rafferty, and you're watching These Are Questions. This is the interview show where I ask people questions about things, life, and such not. And today's guest is a jack of all trades, as he's a very talented multimedia artist, actor, comedian. He does so many crazy and amazing, awesome things. He is the one, the only, Ricky G.
1: Wow. Thank you for the introduction, man. I'm humbled by your kind words. Means a lot to me, brother. I look forward to being here, Which,
0: Thank you, thank you. And likewise, thank you so much, Ricky, for being a part of These Are Questions. This is gonna be a fun, exciting, wild interview here, and I'm very excited to interview you and ask you more about what you do and the very talented skills that you do in the arts and media fields. Um, but before we get right into the interview itself, I need to explain the rules of These Are Questions ricky i'm going to ask you a series of questions that are going to be based around your career and aspirations along with a mixture of questions that are borderline idiotic and well randomly stupid do you accept those terms
1: absolutely man
0: okay awesome awesome so with that ricky are you ready
1: absolutely steven i'm ready as can be okay okay okay
0: internet are you ready? Let's can... go in Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, let's make go, it happen. Let's go. Let's go. Let's make it happen here on these are questions. With that in mind, let's begin. So, Ricky, as mentioned in the introduction, it is a great pleasure to interview you here on These Are Questions. Um, You know, me and you are very similar in the sense that we are our own jack-of-all-trades, specifically with the many trades that we both specifically do. But in your case, as mentioned in the intro, you are a talented actor. You're a model. You're a comedian, a stuntman, a dancer, an entertainer. And obviously, you are an extremely talented artist. My question is when did you decide to pursue all these different fields
1: well steven i'll be frank with you man it all started by noticing i had the ability to create and make people laugh at a young age um i didn't understand the frustration my teachers had with me but it was mainly because i was that child that i was too busy trying to make people laugh that i was being disruptive in the class i understand that now being older why they were so frustrated with me, but at that time I just thought they were picking on me. But um, to be honest, I started in the, in the field of acting at 11 years old. Uh, my brother was a Spanish singer and he would take me everywhere where he performed. He was much older than me, obviously. I was about seven years old, eight years old when I started hitting stages with him, just dancing in the background and I was that kid. One day in one of the performances, I was 11 years old, and we were backstage, and a lady came up to me and asked me if I would be willing to do a commercial. My first commercial was a Kool-Aid commercial, 11 years old, and um, my career started from there. I always had passion for drawing, but everybody at that time would tell me that that I wouldn't amount to nothing as far as drawing and, and stuff. So as my career evolved and I got older, Um, with the dancing and with the comedy and with the acting, Um, I started doodling more and I I ran into a certain person um, that was tattooing. And I saw ink on his body all, all over his body. And I was like, wow, I was fascinated. And I started looking into it, being curious as I am. I started looking into it. At the young age of 16, I started taking this certain individual drawings of mine and showing them my talent. Or well, he took me under his wing and he said, don't worry about anybody telling you that art doesn't pay. Let me show you a, a way you can start your career. And he, he began apprenticing me in the skill of tattooing. Little did I know I was gonna, at that time, a lot of the stuff was controversial. Like if you had a tattoo, it was either a prisoner or a person in the military or some some random guy, it wasn't as big as it is today, so it was more of a ta- taboo than a tattoo. But I was wondering how I was gonna get paid and how I can make this in a career because I really loved how to create art. So this was just another form of canvas form. Well he took me under his wing, made me his apprentice. In two years, I was able to bring the introduce the tattoos with the celebrities that I met on set, on music videos, on commercials. Little by little, I started showing stuff on, on TV. You would see football players, basketball players, baseball players, and it became a big trend where nowadays is very much accepted and so forth. So I was able to do and create my art through that platform. And that was good for me for about 30 years. And I did a little bit of both. I did the man, I did the acting but well, my main profession was always art. I was a tattoo artist till I got rheumatoid arthritis. Um, about seven years ago, I got rheumatoid arthritis and it enabled me to go to tattooing. So I had to retire early and I just stayed with the acting. I fell back on the acting. I fell back on, on other little creative things, but I still had the need to draw. So a friend of mine that's a famous painter, he told me, why don't you do art? And I never thought of it before, but then I started doing paintings and it started taking off. And here I am. Uh, I'm blessed to even have an interview with you.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, I appreciate I appreciate the kind words and, and that sentiment there. Um, and thank you for providing more information about your story. It's a very unique story of kind of twists and turns of where you've been in different perspectives of your field. Um, sorry that you had to cut your tattooing career uh, on short notice, um, you know, with r- r- rheumatoid arthritis, that is a dilapidating and very tough illness to battle with. And I know plenty of individuals that are going through that. And, um, you know, it is not easy. That is a very painful, quote unquote, illness to deal. Um, and but on one silver lining, at least you still are able to do your art in more of a different sense and a different style which kind of leads to my next question you know I, and I've had a chance to see your artworks that's how we met we met we met at uh, the uh, Fort Lauderdale Art Walk and um, I got to see some of your different art pieces and I got to take photos of you that's how we formerly met um, I would love to ask you know so- th- th- mm-hmm, absolutely absolutely I would love to ask you know what are some of your favorite styles of art you love to work with
1: I love to work with abstract, cause I love color. And I also like to work with modern graffiti art, um, not political in a sense, but that it tells a story. Mm-hmm. So the colors represent the energy of the story and the street art represents the story. So you put it all together and it makes people that that look at it relatable to a certain situation in their lives. It might not be the same situation I'm going through, but something similar and how they handle and how they cope. So it's another way of me making another person smile and, in, and inspire through my art. So basically just abstract and street art are, are mainly um, my mixed mediums.
0: Mm-hmm. Very cool, very cool. And I love abstract art. I'm not a super, super artist, but when I do get to do some pieces, I love doing abstract work. Um, I also do respect a lot of street art uh, and and that subculture with it. Um, Some say it may be, it's kind of like tattooing in a sense where there's kind of a taboo-ness from past iterations and past versions, but, you know, it's becoming more and more accepting in in modern cultures now. So I think that medium is getting displayed a lot better. And I think you're one of the forefronters of showcasing that, not just abstract art, but also that street art kind of urban vibe as well.
1: Absolutely. I appreciate the kind words, man. And that's what I'm focused on mainly right now Mm -hmm. um, is putting out um, that tattoo work on my canvases, but mix it with a little abstract so that people can really feel the energy and what I'm trying to get across. And when they look at my piece, they can be inspired by it and they can see the story behind it. You know, some of it has pain, some of it have happiness, but it all takes you on a journey. And mainly my my pieces are my journey, but there's so many people that that can relate to my journey in their own way. And when they look at my pieces, that's where it becomes a good fit for them and in their household. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely, definitely. That's the best feeling when someone can relate and resonate to what you're conveying on that canvas there. Um, there's no greater feeling than that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, like I said, I'm learning more, but more about you and I'm learning all the different traits that you have but one sparked my eye was the stuntman. And I have a specific stuntman question to ask you. Um, What was one of the craziest stunts you've ever done career-wise so far?
1: I was on the set of Ant-Man in in Atlanta, Georgia, in Pinewood Studios. Okay. And uh, they have got me. um, It's a deleted scene because they didn't use it. I was uh, a Panamanian soldiers in the 1980s, and I was up in a tower. So... um, I wasn't very, um, at the time, I wasn't very uh, prepared for the stunt I was going to do because I've only done it a few times, and I was being blown off a tower. <sighs> so I was about five stories high, and you get blown off the tower. Now, you're landing on a bag, but what people don't understand, they think, oh, no, you're landing on a, on a bag, a big cushion and stuff. But it's how you land. Because if you land straight up, you'll tear from your femur on up because that bag is really like full of air. So all it does is when you hit that far, you'll hit the ground with your feet and that'll you're coming from five stories up. So you can imagine. And um, you got to land either on your stomach or on your back. And it's kind of hard sometimes, you know, depending on how you launch. So you got to be careful. And being that I only tried that stunt maybe like five times in my whole life before before the movie, it was pretty scary. But at the same time, I think it was one of my coolest stunts I've done.
0: I mean, absolutely. That's a pretty cool stunt. That's a good, that's a good uh, icebreaker right there. If you're at like a party and stuff and be like, hey, I got blown off a tower on a set of Ant-Man here and I lived the tail to tail. So, you know, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. I can't imagine. also did
1: a little work for Insurgent as well. Okay. And that was pretty cool. We got we got brought in um special force uh, trainer and a Navy SEAL trainer. And before we even did the movie or shot or anything like that, we had to go through a boot camp, Navy SEAL and and uh, uh, special forces.
0: Wow. Oh, my goodness. Which
1: was pretty cool.
0: That's cool. Very intense, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah, very intense. And, you know, I, I didn't know... How much went into a film? At that point, you know, working a, a big film like that as a stuntman, how you have to be perfect on clearing the rooms, walking, uh, your motion, your choreography. I mean, it, it's it's a real deal.
0: Mm-hmm. I I I ain't questioning that one bit. I know I'm in acting, but I know when things are real and acting. And yeah, doing that intensive training, I cannot imagine. Uh, kudos to you on that one. Kudos to who you're working with at the time, making that happen as well. That is not one easy feat. That is not one easy feat at all.
1: No, oh, thank you, my brother. I really appreciate the kind words.
0: Uh, my pleasure, my pleasure. Uh, let me ask you, uh, Ricky. What's your go-to breakfast in the morning?
1: Eggs and bacon, and and fruits. Okay.
0: Any specific kind of fruit, or just fruits in general?
1: Um, in the, in the morning, I like to have a little bit of pineapple, and grapes, and strawberries.
0: Oh, those are all pretty good. All all top tier fruits and and it's a good that's a good that's awesome. a good That's like a good standard breakfast too i respect that <laughs> um it does not lead to my Thank next you. question oh you're welcome you're welcome does not lead i don't to... eat
1: pork all the time but but so
0: wait you can't go wrong with bacon though with that what you can't go wrong with bacon though
1: nah sometimes you yeah but sometimes you you just don't want to hit it <laughs>
0: Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, everybody, you just know, don't,
1: don't want to do it. You just do it. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's whatever you're in the mood for at the at the moment.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. What's everybody in the mood for in the moment. <laughs> um, let me ask you, uh, Ricky, why do people make air conditioners?
1: Well, my thought is to keep people cool.
0: Okay. Okay. That's probably the general answer. I'm assuming. Um, I want to ask you for follow up. Can you make an air conditioner?
1: No, I'm not skilled to make the air conditioner.
0: Okay. Okay. Appreciate your honesty. I don't know. Some people may have that trade to build one and make one. Some people don't. Respect that. I can't make one at the moment. I can't build one at the moment. Maybe I'll learn it in the future. Who knows? Uh, uh, no promises, but it could happen.
1: Nope.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, let me ask you. Let me ask no Bob the
1: Builder for me, brother. No, no,
0: no, Bob the Builder. No, no, Ricky G the builder.
1: No Ricky G the builder, but I can draw you one.
0: Mm, hey, maybe, maybe for the future I draw there. You one if you like. Yeah, that would be, that'd be <laughs> awesome there. I would like to. I would like to see that. I would like to see Ricky G the builder in art form and drawing form.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Let's do it. Let's do it. Can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. Can't wait there. I'm gonna write it down now so we don't forget because now it's happening. You said it, it's canon now on the show.
1: Absolutely. Mhm, mhm,
0: mhm. Awesome, awesome. I want you for my next question to pick one. I want you to pick one: World Series, World Cup, World
1: Strongest Man. World Series for me. Awesome! You're a baseball fan. I played baseball. I wasn't too much of watching it, but I am a baseball fan. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool.
0: I used to play baseball I too. Played as a kid, a lot. Yeah, same here, same here. That's awesome. Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm.
0: I I played my little league, and I played my, my, you know, kid baseball league, you know. Wasn't good at it, but I played it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. I played outfield because the infield, I was scared of the ball when I was little. Uh, I saw that ball zipping to me. They put me in shortstop. I saw that ball zipping to me. All of a sudden, I hit a little... Orange uh, piece on the ground, and it came up and hit me on my throat. And that was good enough. It shook me. Oh
0: my, goodness. Oh my me. goodness!
1: It's a it's a funny story. It was kind of funny. That's
0: that's pretty. That's but that's pretty, um that's pretty funny.
1: I remember uh, we were, I was a kid and uh, we were doing a double header for a championship. You had to win two out of three games, and we were tied both two and two, and it was the last game, last inning. It was already dark. It was at Wild Park um, there in Hialeah. and um I heard the bat I was playing left field, and I heard the bat sound off like it hit something, but it sounded like a ground ball. so uh, uh, like a um, like a fly ball. I was looking up in the sky, but the lights had me blinded because the lights had turned on, and the ball rolled under my feet. All the way to the fence, and the people came in on a on a on a in the park home run. the whole team was mad at me because you know i I kind of goofed it. So when we got our awards at the end of the year, they grabbed my bat and they bent it oh. on the on the trophy on purpose because I messed up the the championship run.
0: Oish, oh no. Yeah,
1: (laughs) it's funny. It was funny at that time, as 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 harsh as it sounds. It was fun.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. That's like that's some that's some tough humor right there. I felt that. I felt that. Oh, but at least you made it to tell the tale on that one too. Okay, Ricky. So, um, my next question is something I need to show you. Um, I have a dice cube here. Okay. Okay. And all I'm asking you is just, there's one to six. Pick a number to see where this dice cube is going to land on. Where do you think it's going to land on?
1: Uh, the three.
0: Three? Okay. All right. Three. I'm going to write it down, but I want you to remember that number because it's going to play a bigger role at the end of These Are Questions Season 5. Okay? <laughs> where, where is it going to land? I don't know. Somewhere
1: on a three
0: <laughs> hopefully on a three <laughs> or maybe not i don't know who knows maybe what this not. maybe, that's maybe the it's me be- guys mm, i can't confirm or deny that so you're just gonna have to wait in tune just like everyone that's watching and listening to our episodes to so the end of season five to see what this cube will mean to everyone so awesome. mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so you know as we're both professional actors and we've done acting work, um, as an actor, which do you prefer, uh, comedic or dramatic roles? And to follow up, do you believe that doing comedy is way harder than
1: doing dramas? It depends on comedy that you're doing. Okay. Um, any film that you're not really improv that you're mostly going off a of script, it's pretty difficult. Because you got to make the person feel the emotion of that character. And the words play a big part of it. The way the words are described in your script are the emotions that you got to make those people feel. So I would say it's all the same. It all depends if it's improv or if you actually have like a script. Cause the improv, it comes natural. You know, that's just you vibing off the other person. And between your energies, you become you you um you discover a certain chemistry about you guys and you can let it flow more easily. Where the scripted parts you really have to come with the energy that they want from that character. The vision that that producer, writer, uh, director was feeling out of the words that were said, whether it's a comedy or drama or fiction, whatever it is, you know, it all depends on your delivery
0: makes sense makes sense it, it all depends on delivery and your timing of how you're connecting your lines together whether it be in an improv sense or whether it be in a traditional you know sketch or or, or film sense or, or or theater sense it's it's how you deliver and how you present your timing and, and and i definitely relate with the feeling of emotions because you have to feel how you're feeling in order to resonate your humor onto not just the audience there but to your your stable mates to your acting mates you know so you could have that chemistry absolutely
1: mm-hmm. absolutely see when I do comedy skits for like IG or or uh, Facebook or TikTok and stuff like that, I plan them, but everything is improv. So basically, uh, anybody that I'm with doing these skits, I tell them, this is a scenario. You're doing this, you're doing that, I'm doing this, action. And that's it. And you just go off of, all of a sudden, you became that character all of a sudden your words are going on their wordplay and so forth. And the more crazy you can get with it, the more funny it sounds and you develop a good comedy sketch that people can relate to. Now, unscripted, uh, like TV series and stuff like that, some of that stuff is scripted. Even though the the better comedians, um, you know, A-lister actors and so forth, they tend to, even though they go by the script, they tend to put sometimes their own flavor to it and change up a little bit of the words and it sounds a little bit better than that was written there. But they have that privilege because they, they're they trusted on on that because of their experience. But like a fresh artist, you know, just coming up in the ranks and and trying to learn, you gotta go by the script.
0: Wise words, wise words there. And I think it leads to what I was going to ask further. And you kind of elaborate on that. You gave some some wise wisdom there. Um, the question I want to follow up with is, what is a significant piece of advice you have received in your illustrious career so far?
1: Pay attention to what you're doing and stop focusing on the roles of other people. As soon as you start focusing on your own stuff, you'll realize how much you achieve. You'll be able to see the blessings that have been given to you. Stuff that if you're focused on somebody's life, you don't get to see the stuff of, that's happening around your life because you're too busy worried about somebody else's life. I was told that at a young age. I didn't really listen to it. It wasn't until I was probably like 22 years old that I started realizing, hey, wait a minute. This is what they meant when they were telling me, stop focusing on other people's, what they have, what they do, uh, what role they may have. That's not your role, That's that's not your things, that's not your life, you gotta focus on yours if you plan to get ahead. It doesn't mean that you're in a competition with anybody. You're the only one that you're in competition with is yourself and you should, be accepted of yourself, all your flaws because nobody's perfect and all your traits because that's what's going to develop you and make you the person that you are eventually and you will see your purpose and your journey where if you're focused on somebody else's, you're not going to f- see their your focus or your blessings or what really you can make happen and you kind of lose opportunities and the older you get, the less opportunities we get. So it's very important to learn that at a young age, which I had the pleasure of doing at 22
0: very wise words there and at least you're able to understand that at a relatively younger age and you're providing that wisdom now at a more i don't want to say older a more mature age let's put it there
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you you are too kind. <laughs> um
0: it definitely is very relatable there because a lot of people they wait to the last possible moments in time in life where they realize that kind of advice and it's like oh that makes sense now but oh my goodness I'm at an I'm at a different stage of life. I can't do the things I want to do because life, you know, mother time, mother nature, father time, whatever you want to call it, it's ticking. You know, you only have so much.
1: See, I I used to see it a lot. I used to tattoo a lot of celebrities. I went on tour with many uh, R and B groups and rappers in the '90s. And um, one thing I've learned when when I would sit and observe because I'm a people watcher, um, I would sit and observe. People, I'm tattooing this one girl and you have one of these other girls that maybe was like an Instagram model and she's sitting waiting on her tattoo. She's constantly on the phone looking at what the other models are doing and and stuff instead of focusing on her and and bringing her own genuineness because people can, you can only fake things so long. When When you're faking it to make it, you can only fake it so long till somebody discovers you. And then either you made it or you did it. The The only way that you would know if you make it is if you're focusing on yourself. And some of these girls I saw, you know, they'd be going through other girls' pages and, and, stuff. and dudes, dudes do it too. But I'm just referring on my case, what I've seen. And they lose out a lot of opportunity because my tattoo shop was a picture zone you could have gone anywhere in my tattoo shop and it has some cool little layouts and and stuff where you could have took a picture and selfies and stuff like that and be posting that instead of looking at the girls uh instagram and just sleeping on yourself Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. some if you're not looking ahead you miss the opportunity that's right in front of you
1: yep Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and trust me the doors are always knocking You just got to be vigilant enough to see it.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's easier said than done, but it's right there. It's right there. The door is right there. The internet is right here. (laughs) (laughs) So very cool. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. And man, this has been a a very fun interview, and I'm very happy to get to know you more and more. And I'm glad we met in person, and now we're doing here at These Are Questions. But we are wrapping up. We're finishing up this interview for These Are Questions Season 5. But before I wrap up, I just have one more question to ask you, Ricky. And that question is, who would be your three musketeers of life?
1: You mean the three things that inspire me the most?
0: You can interpret it like that it could be three important people of your life it could be three significant things of your life it's how you determine the three
1: musketeers of life i've two special people in my life and i'm and we do refer ourselves as the three musketeers um and it's it's mainly because it's a person these people i've known them forever and they and and they know me forever you know from childhood and so forth and they know my heart is, and how I'm driven. I know how they're driven and so forth. And through the years, I've been blessed enough to have them so they can they can shine a little light on me when I'm not doing things correctly and, and so forth. And I, I do the same for them. And it's a no judgment zone the whole time. It's just, hey, that's not working out. Pick up your stuff. Let's move on. And with these people and them with me, we became the Three Musketeers where it has helped us overcome these obstacles that, that we face every day, whether it's health, financial, anything.
0: Very cool, very cool. And I'm glad you have a support system that you find as close individuals and close friends and colleagues that supports you when they're supporting you and call you out when you're doing things that you shouldn't necessarily be doing or need to get learning lessons there. Because a good friend, in my opinion, is someone that does both supports you when you're doing good calls you out when you need to be accountable for your actions and make, make, make you a better person to have a better friendship between the two parties.
1: Absolutely. Cause a person should be able to be comfortable enough to tell you when, Hey, that's not correct, you know, and, and vice versa. Without it turning into an argument or without seeing a negative side of it, I'm a very positive person. So when somebody creates a problem in front of me, I try to see the good in the problem more than I try to see the negative because the negative is not going to solve it. You just got to sometimes understand that things that are out of your control, you can't do nothing about. So you got to move forward. So the things that you can control, grab onto them as hard as you can and make the most of them. Mm hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Man, amazing wise words all throughout this interview here on these are questions there. This has been a very <laughs> exciting period of time for me and a very exciting interview there. And I hope everyone listening and watching is enjoying this interview. But before we wrap up, wrap up, wrap up with everything, um, I just want to say that right now, Ricky, the Internet floor is yours. Anything you want to talk about, anything you want to promote, anything you want to say before we close off this interview on these are questions this is for you.
1: Everything's open for you. Take it away. All all I want to say is thank you for having me on your show. I really appreciate it and I'm humbled by all the nice kind words that you spoke about me. And to everybody out there listening, keep your grass cut low so you can see the snakes and remember act right or get left.
0: Perfect. I love it. And there we go. There we go. You heard it here for on with Ricky here on These Are Questions. And we just want to say thank you so much for everybody that is watching here on my YouTube channel and that are listening on our audio feeds for Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search These Are Questions. And with that, we just want to say thank you so much. Greatly appreciate it. And that you have been watching slash listening to These
1: Are Questions. Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. Peace, love, and chicken grease. Perfect.